Video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you want to watch it. Hello, my name's Justin McClue, and I'm here today with... Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we go through all of the notable Blu-rays and DVDs live from Bay Street Video. Yeah, we are in the back office. We are getting these products in front of us. Where was the big dogs? I'm looking around. There's a little model ship on a table. We're on a glass table. There's a globe that I can do some inspecting. You can't can't give up the secrets of the back office of Bay Street. I want to do an Inspector Clouseau style, like lean against the globe and then I fall over. But, you know, we're in the back office too. We got product to talk about here. Because we're going to start and we're going to start sexy. (laughs) Because it's wild things. (laughs) You're a big fan of this movie. Uh, I thought we were going to sing the, the whole song. song? No, yeah, no, no, we're not doing Major that today. League, we're going to do that. Oh, I love Major League. Major League. Um, yeah, I love Wild Things. I mean, you love Wild Things, right? I like it a lot, yeah. Uh, you're, a, you're a like it a lot kind of guy. I've seen it once. I enjoyed it. Okay. Really enjoyed the end credits that show you how the movie uh, rolled that. out. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? It's like, it's both like a legit neo-noir, but also like a parody on neo-noirs, mm-hmm. right? Because it's and so absurd. It's that's why so it feels absurd. like a parody. And I just love it. I mean, I saw this movie first when I was like a kid, and it was just like one of those late 90s thrill, you know, coming off of Scream. It was like, of course I'm going to watch this movie. And it was obviously way too adult for me at the time. And Was this your was first like, run-in with Denise Richards? I can't. I'm not sure if I saw this or Starship Troopers mm. first. Because I saw both of those. They were both the same year, I believe. And I don't know which one I saw first. But, yeah, I mean, I obviously fell in love with Denise Richards through the 90s, through those two, through her Bond performance. (laughs) And, I mean, you love Kevin Bacon. You love love Kevin Kevin Dillon. Kevin Bacon, who goes full frontal in this. Whoa! Not fully erect, though. No, unfortunately. So he's not, not. crispy. He just steps bacon. out of the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's funny though. I think there was a thing where he like because he's a producer on this, and he had like a no nudity clause in his contract from before, and he like broke it himself to like because he was believed in this project so much. He was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna show my dong in this movie." Did you ever hear about like when Kevin Bacon got Hollow Man? He was like at the lowest point of his career, and he was writing like a diary and like Entertainment yeah, Weekly. I guess that was a low point for him. I mean, even though I love Hollow Man. <laughs> Big, big, big Hollow Man fan. Yeah. Speaking of know. dangling dongs. Uh-oh. Yeah, whoa. But yeah, Wild Things, Wild Things is a masterpiece. I think at the time it was considered just like a whatever movie. I think most people remember it from like the MTV Movie Awards because it won Best Kiss, right? Oh, <laughs> did it? I don't remember I think remember it won that. Best like, Kiss for the Denise Richards, Nev Campbell, Matt Dillon three-way. I must not have been tuning in when that happened. You didn't watch the MTV Movie Awards <laughs> no. back then. So I, I think it was, it was just, viewing. Yeah, it just kind of had notoriety from that. But like, this is a legit movie. I mean, it's obviously directed by John McNaughton, who was like, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer director, as well as... The Borer, which we talked the about Borer, on which we talked about. Uh, a lot of other stuff that I don't like as much as, you know, Wild Things. But, you know, he's he's an interesting director. And, and I think it's stood the test of time. Really. I think it's gotten way more of a cult following, like, in the 25 years since it came out than it ever did at first. Did it have a big audience when it came out? Do you remember? I mean, we were both See, very just, young. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I was way too young when I saw it. And I saw it on like VHS when it came out. So I don't know. I don't know what, I would have loved to know what the crowds were like when they saw it or what they were, because I don't think it was marketed necessarily for what it was, right? Well, it was marketed for the nudity. I think it was marketed as just like your typical like Skinamax kind of. Didn't the VHS have unrated? Yeah, it was unrated edition, right? And it was like hotter and everything. But like, 
this is a legitimately well-crafted artistic movie and it's just like a, a like a hoot to watch too i was saw there was a rep screening of it actually in toronto well before the pandemic so maybe a year or two before the pandemic and it killed like with a crowd it really kills with the crowd and it was it was great it was great to catch it on the big screen again and now it has an absurdly packed <laughs> blu-ray release in uh, so many editions. Well, Arrow's giving it the Dune treatment, the, all the flavors of Wild Things now. It feels like there's more versions of Wild Thing than there was of Dune. There is the same amount. Okay. So this is what Arrow does with their, like, they don't do it with everything, but they're doing it with, they'll do it with True Romance coming up soon, where they've got four separate editions. They've got the regular Blu-ray, mm-hmm. if you just want Blu-ray, the regular UHD, if you just want that, a Steelbook combo, which is, like, just the little thin Steelbook with both, or this deluxe steel book, which we have in front of us, which is the steel book and a book and a bunch of cards in this like cardboard box. This is the edition I bought mostly because I just like the artwork better than the other artworks. I don't even I, like I the artwork that much on this case. Yeah, I know you're not a fan of the artwork. And I don't like the artwork on the standard editions where it's just their faces, like mm-hmm. the four. On this one, it kind of recreate. It does like a cartoon recreation of the famous poster, basically. So that's why I kind of liked it better. I don't hate it as much as you, but... I, I mean, I don't hate been, it. It could have been better, I can't I say I'm very passionate uh, about my hate. I mean, I'm I like just the like, color. I like the, you know, right. the, the bluish. I just I feel... Like, it gets the florida vibe down yeah i I don't know i guess i'm looking for something a little bit more i don't know imaginative it looks like they just threw like you know those filters you get on your phone to like make it look painted yeah i mean that's what i kind of thought about dune though when that came out i didn't think the dune artwork was it was pretty boring too you know it was either just the original poster or the like sandworm thing well i think they should put on the box the original poster art because that's what you would want and make yeah. it look like a vhs or yeah, like the exactly. 90s and the poster art's great i mean the image of nev campbell and denise richards in the water is just like an iconic mm-hmm. 90s poster image now so i'm glad they kind of kept that for this um but it looks great too they like this was on blu-ray before as like a standard sony thing but it's this restoration is beautiful and of course you watch it in 4k right mark <laughs> of course of course <laughs> 60 frames per second the only way you it watch was, movies it was so much cheaper for me just to buy like the regular blu-ray but i'm like nah i gotta have that deluxe steelbook <laughs> gotta have it but you know what i'm so happy this is out and it's selling well you know it's selling real well so next up we have burglar from hell and this is a release from vinegar syndrome partner label uh saturn's, saturn's core i'm confused because there's now two vhs labels there's, there's too many. culture shock there is but saturn's core is mainly like the strictly 90s SOV shot on video stuff right? yeah. like that's what it is culture shock does shot on video but also film they stuff do film as well stuff. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and this is a pretty famous SOV film it and is yeah. I gotta be honest I've never seen it well I watched this because I like this kind of shit <laughs> it just like looked fun and you were talking about it I'm like yeah and the premise is ridiculous uh it's basically about a really I don't know, just gnarly, like a real douchebag burglar guy tries to burgle an old lady at the beginning, goes into her house. The old lady turns the table on him and blows him away with a shotgun. And then as she's watching him die, she herself dies of a heart attack. (laughs) And so his body, which she's like half buried outside, basically start haunts the the house. So then you flash forward like, I don't know, 10 years later or Mm -hmm. something and a bunch of stupid kids go to this house that they've rented for the weekend and they help they have a seance where they raise the spirit of the burglar from hell who now has this like pizza looking face kind of thing 
it's on the which uh, is on original the box. Yeah. yeah, this movie's really fun, and it's the kind of the breakout, I guess, from Chip Herman, who was one of the kind of like the wave movies which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. He did like mail order ho- ho- uh, mail or order horror stuff. So I guess you could get a video kind of, of get, someone getting their like tape ripped off their yeah, body and stuff like but that. Then and they're vampires. Features like this. The hilarious thing about this movie is it takes so long to get going. That's what like, I hear. Like an hour before like yeah, a burglar so comes get, back from hell. Once you get the first scene, which is pretty funny, he because the burglar guy also like beats up some random like neighborhood dude before even burglarizes lady so that sequence lasts like 10 minutes or so and then it takes a full hour for anything to happen (laughs) i know but the thing is like they're just meandering these kids like they talk about going on the trip they hang out they talk about going on the trip some more then they finally all get together then they drive towards the house then they get lost and then in my favorite scene they get lost in like a bad area of town and they decide to stop and ask these two like drug dealer looking guys i guess for directions and it turns into this like race commentary thing where like they start to like (laughs) they're like we're gonna beat up these like honkies that come into this like bad part of the neighborhood but then two of the main characters are black and one of them comes out and basically is like no man we all gotta like work together and oh my god it turns it you gotta watch it it turns into this like 10 minute scene of like pure social commentary about race relations in the u.s which is actually pretty interesting i thought like it's cheaply done and like kind of cheesy but i was uh, surprised to see that level of thought put into something like this but then it still takes like another 20 minutes for them to even get to the house after that and then once they're at the house it takes like another 10 minutes for them to even do the seance so really it's just like the last 20 minutes is him basically burglaring from hell burglaring from well just killing them all yes so brutally killing them all but this is why this label is good yeah is that yeah. if you look at the blu-ray there's a new transfer yeah commentary Interviews with basically everybody that had anything to do with the movie. Yep. An unreleased feature film from the same director. Yeah, he has a like an SOV action movie he made a few years before. I didn't watch the whole Called thing. The Wrong Side of Town. I know. Is I, it related I, to what you talked about? I know, right? <laughs> and I watched the first like 10 minutes or so of it, and it's so hard to see. Like he shoots a lot of it at night, and it's so like, I'm like, <laughs> I can't make out anything, but I love this. It's great. Speaking of. It's a of solid release, though. Solid the Wrong release. Side of Town. I mean, I'll be buying it. You so uh, Mark watched my comment before I could. I did, I did. We have, this is one that people have been waiting for a long time. Oh, yeah. It is The Warriors. Finally, finally out in its theatrical version out on Blu-ray. For the first time ever. And I hope you have $100. You know what? It's cheaper than it could have been. It's cheaper than it could have been. (sighs) You know, at our old prices, it would be like double the price for that. So, you know, it's not that bad of a deal. And we've been selling this like crazy. So the demand is there. $100 for one movie is bananas to me. Well, it's it an, feels it's like, a nice, you know, it's an we're an, on the other side of, well, how is this like? We're through the looking glass. We're through dude. the looking glass. I think money just, I mean, for people like you and me, you know, the price point definitely makes a difference. For a lot of people who still buy physical media, the price point doesn't matter. You don't think they think about that? Nah. No, because wow. we even sold these imprint things at like double the price. When we and they didn't them. blink. They're just like, here you go. Yeah, that's fine. I feel like we could sell this at 200 bucks and we'd still sell like a good, good amount of them. <sighs> Not to say we've said this before. Imprint. Send us some Blu-rays. Us we'll some review this. And hey. we'll be like, oh, you need to get this at this price. Yeah, point. exactly. And hey, I love imprint. And I think on their site, it's like 70 Australian, which kind of is equivalent to our dollar from when I was looking at it. Someone up. said they so... got it on Diabolic DVD for $50. 
Which really? is very 50? inexpensive. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know where Diabolic's getting them from because, like, we didn't even mark them up that much. Like, that's just what our cost is, plus a little bit. I mean, it is a beautiful set. It's a nice little box. You There's tons of new stuff, too. Tons of features, yeah. Uh, you get a new commentary on the theatrical cut. You get the director's cut, which you will never watch. Like, if you're buying this, well, you're spending the $100. The cut has been around on Blu-ray for, like, 10 bucks and it's for, like, terrible. 20 years. Nobody so likes it. Nobody likes it. You know what, though? That's the only way I've ever seen The Warriors. Is the You've never seen cut. the theatrical cut? Because uh. I've only ever seen it. I came to it late, actually, like in my early 20s, and I only ever saw it on DVD with the, like, the inserts and everything. I mean, I've only ever seen uh, the DVD that was released before the director's cut, and it looked like shit. Yeah. Like, it was like a very early DVD. Oh, yeah. And that's actually back in print as an MOD from Paramount now, so uh. you can buy it, like, domestically. Theatrical version? Yep. Oh, okay. But it's like a, it's the same thing. It's the same DVD as you would have seen. I can't spend $100 on a movie. Like, that. that's <laughs> too much for me. I mean, I love the look of it. Yeah, I'm not sure I like the Warriors enough. To, mm. Like, it's, you know, it's the Warriors. That's an, it's a, great, a beautiful like, looking box. Like, that looks great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you get an audio commentary by Walter Chog. Yeah, he's a really very like. famous he's critic. He's great. And he's like a Walter Hill, like, super fan. Super fan. So he's the guy you want to listen to for commentary on this. I mean, I am saving up uh, some money for an upcoming imprint box set of uh, 90s Neo Noir that's coming out soon. <laughs> yeah, you think this is expensive? The 90s Neo Noir? That's like. Is it more than $200? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm not two, saving my money then. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, if the I can Wicker do that. Man set that they put out—that's one fifty. Oh, well, I didn't touch that Wicker Man. <laughs> how, how did you? That you get three cuts on though, <sighs> and a soundtrack. It's out. not and the soundtrack worth it to me. Like, I, I don't even like the Wicker Man. That what much, is? So. Do you think the the point where people are like, I can't buy this stuff anymore? I Remains feel like we're, get, seen. we're, we're know, getting there. That collaborations Gong Li Zhang Yimou set mm-hmm. was like four hundred dollars. We sold all those. Really? Yep. And. And then we had like two left that were kind of like sitting there for a while. And then they announced it was going out of print. They went like that. So I don't know, man. I mean, the collector market, that's the thing. Even if these sit for a while and we don't sell them all, at some point they take it out of print, they'll all go like crazy. But that sounds like the comic book boom of the 90s where it's like, you know, hollow foil covers, like big boxes. And eventually... I mean, I don't think people are doing this speculatively, though. Like, most people buying it are not thinking of flipping it, are they? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I think there are people that Who, buy things just I think to they flip. do. Yeah. But I don't think it's the same like with comic books where that was no. all people were doing was no, buying No, I it. think it's like a mix. I think hardcore collectors just buy everything that they interest them. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of sit on their shelf. And they don't watch it. Yeah. They don't watch it. Then they reevaluate it every year. So what do I want to keep? What do I want to flip? You know? I don't think I've ever... Uh, it happened once right when the pandemic started. I sold a bunch of Vinegar Syndrome Blu-rays. And that was it. Because I was yeah. really strapped for cash. Well, that's the... You know, Vinegar Syndrome is probably the only stuff I've flipped. Because I often blind... Or did in the past blind buy that stuff. And like half the time I was like... Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to watch that again. Vinegar like Syndrome... Surf 2 or something. <laughs> oh, no. You'll watch Surf 2 again, won't you, Mark? Uh, I get rid of Surf 2. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. But you'll never touch... Uh, uh, get rid of Rad, right? No, Rad's the best. Rad was so much fun. (laughs) So moving on, we have another company, which we've talked about in the past, Liberation Hall, who has mostly done just direct-to-DVD stuff that nobody wants. With no features or nothing. And, well, they did one DVD of Skateboard. I gave that one away because I was like, I'm never going to watch this again. We have RoboCop, the TV show. (laughs) The, The movie? Nope, the uh. TV show. <laughs> this is... Now, what TV show is it? Shot in Toronto, RoboCop TV show. And it is shot in Toronto. It like, <laughs> what? It's this week's Blind Buy. Woo! 
So does that mean we watched the entire uh, series? Absolutely not. All 17 (laughs) hours of it. But we did watch... Much to my chagrin, 90 minutes of it. It, it was it was a bit of a slog. Because <laughs> I was hoping to be like a 40-minute pilot. Like that's what yeah, we watched. Yeah, I thought it was going to be no, 40 minutes. It was and a 90-minute, like, two-episode Yeah, I was pilot. like, oh, it's an easy week this week. I only got 40 minutes to watch. You send me the pilot. Great. And that's like episodes one and two. And you know All what? Right. I know I'm going to shock everybody here talking about this RoboCop TV show, but <laughs> it's bad. It's, it's real bad. bad. <laughs> How is that shocking? Anybody? I know that was sarcasm. <laughs> I actually was holding out hope that it might be if not good weird fun weird different i mean i i like the shot in toronto i knew it was shot in toronto so i was looking for that i was primed for that and yeah it's very much shot in toronto i wonder if it gets weirder in future episodes like i wanted to get silly like i'm looking at the back of the box here and there's like a photo of robocop standing with what looks like a superhero like that looks like fun i mean there are moments of like like the bad guy in it is Kinda, He's so lame, though. cheesy. The bad guy so. in this uh, pilot episode, at least the melty face guy. Yeah, the melty face. He's he kind of like, like the burglar da- from Hell guy, actually. He looks like Dan Aykroyd in Nothing But Trouble. Yeah, he, he does. Like a dick he nose does look and like that. And I don't know what I can say about this. The pilot is about... Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. They're like harvesting people's brains, which I like, and yep. putting it into a supercomputer that's going to run the city. Mm-hmm. But then they forget all the other people. ends up just being like a woman who controls it all. Yeah. Robocop does shit. Yeah, RoboCop is, like, really kind of boring in it. He He's like Robert Cop. He's just, like, the fake RoboCop who doesn't really do much. He might as well be made up of, like, stock footage from the previous film. Yeah. He barely right? interacts with anything. Yeah. There's, like, a precocious little kid in this. Oh, yeah, who's the son, right, of... Uh, no, the daughter. The uh, daughter. The little girl that's, right. like, oh, you know... The son, there's yeah. so many plots in the show because there's, there's, like, yeah. an orphanage that's doing stuff that yep. doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Yeah. I did like how they kind of, like took the the media representation like the tv stuff from the movies and but it, sort it's of not like kept that going satirical enough no, it's not really that's funny not, yeah like, i'm grasping at straws <laughs> <laughs> but i gotta say we didn't watch this newly scanned version of the show okay number one yeah i spoke to someone that i know that i may do another podcast with and he said what i believe which is like they can't do a new scan because yeah. they completed this on video yeah, right? So there's no way that a new scan can exist. Not only that, they also did it in widescreen, which the show was not shot in. Oh, is it wide? Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is widescreen. <laughs> and uh, I think that uh, Liberation Hall is like, that's how we got it. And it's like, oh, okay. So what you're probably dealing with is an up Yeah. Probably from whatever tape exists, like yeah. a beta tape or whatever, cropped to widescreen. So good luck, because the show was probably on some streaming service and yep. it was like some intern had to do it one day and just like do all that stuff. Well, it's funny because I mean, this is, I guess, kind of a big deal for Liberation Hall because it is their first Blu-ray release, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't done any Blu-rays before this and it is packaged pretty nicely. Like, it is. And it looks I like ha- there's a bunch of uh, featurettes. Now it's just cast profiles. Are these videos? Cast profiles. Or are they just like text boxes? It's like text boxes. <laughs> it's like early days of DVD here. <laughs> Well, you know what? I thought this was going to sell really well, maybe just because, like, the RoboCop thing or... I don't know. Could just... you have somehow put it on the shelf so it, like, cut off the <laughs> series? And then, like... Yeah. They're like, oh, new edition of RoboCop. Gotta get this. Well, we have sold, I believe, one copy. Of wow. I'm actually genuinely I, shocked. shocked. Like, yeah. I felt just... I mean, yeah, it's bad, but I thought just the RoboCop name alone would sell it, you know? But mm-hmm. I guess it's, like... 50 bucks and people know what it is it's bad nobody it's likes bad. this but it's like it's put together like you look at this package you're like oh wow this is a pretty nice set but then you know what's actually what is it like really mm-hmm. so i would not 
Just, no, just no, stick, I would stick definitely with not. Just stick with original RoboCop, you know. So moving on, we have a new release from Aero Video, One Arm Boxer. Now, am I incorrect in thinking that Eureka put this out in the UK? I believe uh, you're so. asking the wrong guy. I am. I am not sure. I mean, I get so confused because I'm obviously not a martial arts aficionado. Yeah. There's so many of these coming out that I kind of lose track of them. So you're, you're. It's possible. Yeah. So what I will say is, this movie's great. If you don't own it, yeah, pick it up. I mean, this <laughs> is. I. I think it's One Arm Boxer is an independent film that. Jimmy Wang Yu went and directed and started. You know what? I'm probably wrong as well. I'm looking at the back of the box here, and I'm like. Uh, what? Which one is this? Because there's one arm swordsman. That's a Shaw Brothers movie. There's one arm boxer. Yep. There's uh, the one that was a Shaw Brothers film, the Chinese boxer, right. and that one was eighty-eight. Put that eighty-eight. One put that yeah. one out. What a funny like war between these two labels. Yeah, eighty-eight and Arrow are just going head to head right now with like martial arts releases every month, at least one a month, if not like two. more. Yeah, than one a month does like two a month, and uh, they're not even all the, the best ones as we've discussed on some of our episodes. But you know what? I don't think it matters to them because they all sell. Like, there hasn't been a single one of these that hasn't sold crazily, so... Are the people watching these movies? That's the question I want to ask. Again, like, well, the collector thing. I guess they just put them on the shelf. I need it! I need it! There it is. When there. will Arrow start releasing singles of the stuff that was in that Shaw Brothers box set? Please don't, Arrow. But that's going to be so don't. confusing. Like, I dread the day where I have to type in all these individual <laughs> titles into our system, because you know people are going to still buy them anyway. Yep. But I mean, the Shotscope set is still in print, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Will they keep it in print? Oh, they got did the second s- one coming out, Did right? it sell well enough that they're like, why are we oh, doing yeah. this Shotscope thing? Well, like, sold, we should do them singles. Sold well for us, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know if it's selling well around the world, but... So next up, we have Violence Voyager, a very weird animated film from Japan. Now... Yeah, do you know this? Because I do know it. Yeah, okay. What is going on here? This looks like a bootleg. No, that's the thing. I haven't. Well, I wanted to watch this, and I just never got around to it. But I kind of put it on this because it just is a weird release. So, yeah, like you said, really bizarre kind of Japanese animated film. But it's not like anime. It's no, like, it's 2018. I believe the guy uh, does cutouts. Yeah, it's of like the South Park style yeah. sort of cutouts, right? Looks really weird sounding plot about kids in an amuse like a supernatural amusement park sort of thing. But yeah, this is not a Blu-ray. It's a DVD and it's a it's an MOD too. So it's just like a burn DVDR from a company called Tricoast, which I'd never heard of before. But this just came up on my order sheet and I was like I, I remember hearing about this, I think, when it played festivals. Yeah, maybe? so this has been released, I know, in France on like right. a deluxe Blu-ray edition. Really? And it's always okay. put together with another film that he made. It's oh, okay. rare to see it on its own. Because I think it's, it's fairly short. Right? short. Yeah, yeah, it's only like barely an hour. Yeah, it does not say the running time I think on it's this like disc. an hour and mm-hmm. five minutes or something. So but, what a weird release for this to come out this in this way. the only way it's come out over here. It looks fat. All the reviews and stuff I read of it said it had such a fascinating look to it. But it's, it's a shame they don't really, they haven't done anything with it. I mean, clearly this company is just like an MOD landfill sort of thing. But where is like the, well, you'd think a boutique label. Like Vinegar might, Syndrome or someone yeah, like that would be put perfect it for a partner label or something. And maybe it will come. I mean, it's one of those things that's like, I kind of recommend more like check it out as a rental or mm. something. But if you're a fan, maybe wait and a Blu-ray will come at some point or get the, the import one or something. <laughs> wait a minute. These are MODs. You can't return these, right, Mark? <laughs> So, 
Next up, yes, we please ha- buy it. Please <laughs> buy it. <laughs> if you listen to that conversation we had backwards, Mark is like, please buy it. <laughs> I know, right? That's what all of our podcasts Every are, first yeah. word of the sentence, messages. it's subliminal messages. So next up, we have X. X. What a uh, terrible title. So confusing, impossible to search. Yeah, and there are some other movies called X from the past 20 I years or so. I am shocked so. this is not called Ty West's X. Yeah, you'd think they would have put that on there. Mm-hmm. You know, A24 I, is all about, like, you know, auteur branding and stuff. I so. feel like he's labeled some of his movies that way before, Has hasn't he? he? Um, uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't think he has. Okay. But you'd think this would be the one where he might start doing that. So you're a Trigger Man guy. <laughs> I love Trigger Man. You've been uh, a little bit softer on his <laughs> other films. Yeah. Once he got popular. You know Did you what? watch it? It's like, Trigger Man is just, like, my favorite one of his movies. And all Trigger Man I know. is, if you haven't seen just it. Just guys wandering just around guys the wandering woods. In the woods and then they start to get like there's like a sniper who's going after them and you don't really see the sniper but i think you know they just wander around i don't know i like it's like mumblecore and then it turns into like a sniper movie i did see x and i liked it more than his last few i guess mm. didn't love it i still think it kind of doesn't go as far as i would like it to it was ty west movies and a lot of the people that came up with like him tease, when he was making you know? these movies yeah it's just like it's just do tease. the thing just it's do the thing like you're making a movie about porn like a porn horror movie and it just feels like a tease and it's like well that kind of defeats the purpose like though. go into it if you're gonna make a movie about porn like talk about the porn industry and i don't feel like he really does that i, I it's like an idealized version i've always felt like, when i watch some of ty west movies you know i don't know the man so i don't know if this is true but there's a feeling of you know some of these filmmakers are like well i'm better than the movies that are inspiring me and that's i totally agree with you that's the thing that's always rubbed me the wrong way about him um i did like house of the devil a lot the <laughs> first time i saw it yeah. but i haven't revisited it mm-hmm. in a while everything past that don't care about wait was there one that he made that i enjoyed because he did the innkeepers and then he had another one didn't he he did the sacrament which i did not like oh i don't like the sacrament and Uh, he did the western in a valley of violence never saw the western really yeah um it's okay yeah that's what i I heard i watched it because you know it was ethan hawk and john travolta and i'm like you know what i can get into this and well done but again it feels like he's just kind of like better than the things he's Mm -hmm homage like why don't we have a filmmaker who's like i want to do the best version of it even if you don't have the money to do it like why do you have to be like i'm gonna give the austere version of it exactly and maybe that's why i kind of like trigger man more because at least trigger man maybe it's like kind of basic but it just feels like more of like a just like an honest kind of like straightforward movie whereas this is like it's got its moments like i didn't hate it but like i don't know it just gets to a point where it just feels like the same as any other elevated kind of and this will turn people against you, so I'm setting you in a trap. Okay, okay. What did you enjoy more, this or the Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre? The Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. 100%. <laughs> okay. I'll go on the record as saying this right now. The Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my, so far, my favorite 2022 horror movie. <laughs> you know what? That's I not, enjoyed I mean, myself it's not with saying it. much. It's not saying yeah. much, but... I thought that... I thought the movie was fun, too. I, people shit all over that movie, and I get that it has, like, a bit of a cinestate kind of, like, right-wing sort of... Oh, does it? I feel like it maybe does a little mm. bit, but I don't think it does 
too much. And it was a very troubled production, wasn't it? And it it? was a very troubled production. But I think, look, when I go into a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, what, the eighth or ninth Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, I just want, like, a good time. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, I think, like, your friend said that, like, if it was a Friday the 13th movie, everybody would would love it. it. Yeah. I totally agree with that. It felt like a fun Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. And then people are like, oh, but it's not a Friday the 13th movie. And it's like, what do you want? Like, you want the first one? I don't need, like, I love the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, love it. Love it. But I don't need to. I hate the second one because it's not like the first yeah, one. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like the second. <laughs> really? One. I actually, what? I actually, the only you're bananas. <laughs> I know. I admire the second one, mm-hmm. but I don't fully love it. The it's so th- funny though. Yeah, it's got its moments. And also uncomfortable. Yeah. Like when he's like scratching his head and coming yeah. after Dennis Hopper too. He's so much fun in that movie. Maybe I'd hype myself up too much mm. for it. Uh, At the, the end, third, when she's the like, third ah. one, I find boring. Uh, I like Next Generation. I mean, of course Next you do. That's ninety. That's what yeah. you the. That very I couple know, of years you saw movies and you will love forever. I know. But I hate all like the like the 2003 one and like uh, those ones. Uh, those never did it for me. Uh, 2003 one is okay, but I find the beginning, the one that people forget, is awful. I hate that one. I love that's the 3D one. Porn. I love the 3D one. Well, that's I watched the 3D one for the first time. On my recommendation? On your recommendation after watching the new yeah, one. Yeah. And I had fun with it. I didn't like it as much as the new one, but I, I had some fun with it. The yeah. 3D one's so funny. That was more the vibe that I wanted, it, like that slasher movie. Did you think of the gag when um, he like Leatherface throws his chainsaw to the camera yeah. and then like uh, the cop like whoa and when they look back he's gone yeah, and then you I can know. make the Batman joke he's like oh that's what that feels like <laughs> I thought it had a good sense of humor um, yeah I thought it's fun but I thought the new one kind of elevated and hey I thought the kills were great mm-hmm. I thought it had a vibe and you know what? People can scoff at all they want at the gentrification messaging that they have in it. But, like, I thought it was better social commentary than a lot of horror movies that try and have social commentary. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. I, I had fun with it. So, yeah, X X is, like, same kind of vibe as that, but just not as good to me. So, the next one we have here on the list, I'm surprised that you didn't add this because I feel like this would be up your I, alley. I haven't seen this. I know you haven't. So, this is a film called Studio 666. It's a film that is written and stars the Foo Fighters. Uh, I I will say I don't really like the Foo Fighters. No? I like the Foo Fighters. I mean, I liked them when I was like... 14 yes but but wouldn't that make you want to see this even more than playing themselves in a horror movie i'll be completely honest i find dave Grohl really irritating (laughs) what (laughs) i find him just annoying honestly i don't know maybe i just like he just seems like one of those guys that's like i know everything about music and i am the music aficionado you get that what where i've never gotten that vibe off him like he kind of comes off like a snooty old dad to me so i don't know that's just a personal and this one is directed by the guy who did hatchet three is it really yeah and something else i don't remember what it is i don't really like those hatchet sequels no i don't like hatchet <laughs> I like the first hatchet it's all right yeah i liked it when it came out i'll say that and i saw this a long time ago uh and i enjoyed it it's way too long it's an hour and 46 Did you see this minutes in theaters or something mm, i maybe saw you it, it in theaters no i didn't oh, see it in okay. theaters I maybe oh, saw it as a pre-screener. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, yeah, it was supposed to be a big deal. The distributor <laughs> really wanted not. to push it, and it wasn't. And it's coming out. I think what really hurt it is <laughs> the film's about Dave Grohl being possessed by a demon yeah. and killing his bandmates. And unfortunately, one of his bandmates passed away before this. Yeah, like, well, that came gives out. It a bit of like a cast a bit of a dark pal over it because it's supposed to be like a fun kind of movie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, obviously. And that's, and I, you know, I feel bad because that, by all accounts, that guy was like a super cool Mm -hmm. guy. So he's very funny in the movie. Yeah, that's a shame. But you know, it's interesting that you, that makes sense that you said you kind of saw it as a pre screen. Because I, when it was coming out, I was like, why isn't this played like 
genre festivals or like mm. Midnight Madness or something like that. And it feels like that's the kind of route it would have taken. And the fact that it didn't, they just like dumped it in theaters in like what, February or something? Yeah, I don't think it the distributor like, uh, knew what they were doing. I don't know if this is going to be good or not, but I don't know. Is it worth a watch? Should I, should uh, I check it out? No, I don't think you would enjoy it that much. Okay. Other than the fact that like, I find Dave Grohl really fun because he's such a bad actor in the movie. So is it he? is yeah. funny. Yeah. Okay. And it's not, it's, it was goofy in a way that I found very enjoyable for the first 30 minutes. And I'm like, is this over yet? Like, by the time it was, like, done. Yeah. And that's, like, a big CGI climax. The only good thing is at the end, Jeff Garland fights uh, Dave Grohl in, like, a martial arts battle. <laughs> yes. Nice. Jeff Garland, who, shockingly, is not replaced by a CGI demon like he is in his... <laughs> Goldberg's TV show. I know, right? Oh, yeah. Well, so, you know, it was kind of giving me, like, Tenacious D movie vibes, which, you know, a little I, bit. I, yeah. I kind of liked that at the time, although I don't really Wow, I've never seen the it. back of this. It says, no subtitles. Really? Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a weird, because this is the Canadian release, because we are in Canada. And so I don't know who put this out in the U.S., but the Canadian distributor is this company, MK2 Mile End, who usually just does, like, bougie foreign films and stuff. So I don't know how or why they got the rights to this. And their Blu-ray release is, like, a weird sort of paper book thing with, like, no... Oh, they got a blooper reel on it, but that's it, so... No sale for me. Yeah, nobody's been buying it, so we sold, like, one copy. I don't think anyone knows it exists. Yeah, I just... I don't think... I just feel like the Foo Fighters are... I mean, obviously, they're huge, but, like, are they that cool still? No, they're not cool anymore. I feel like they're a little past their expiration date. Mm -hmm. So So maybe you want to watch them all get killed by Dave Grohl. Yeah. (laughs) Studio 666. (laughs) All right, next up we have... Speaking of past their expiration date. Oh, boy. I mean, you want to go into this minefield, Mark? Because the film Honey Boy, which we're talking about, I saw it before... Sheila Buff, yeah. uh, due to accusations, disappeared. Yes. Well, we all know at this point that Shia LaBeouf is a horrible person. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this movie is, um, yeah, I saw this. A diff. No, I actually saw it after. I oh, saw did it, you? Like, okay, when it came so, out theatrically, yeah. like a few months later. I missed it at TIFF, but I really wanted to see it. I was down because, you know, I'd always been a Shia LaBeouf fan and... I mean, we all knew he was an asshole even before this came out. Mm. And the thing I found interesting at the time about this movie is it really is... About him. About him, like, working through why he's an asshole. Mm -hmm. And not that I think that excuses his behavior by any means, but I thought it was an interesting attempt for him to work through that. And it's directed by a female director, Alma Harrell, who's actually, like, an interesting documentary filmmaker. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of her previous work. So it had, like, a cool style to it. I felt like it wasn't just him as a vanity project like there were other even though he elements is in, in the movie even and has a big role playing his father and he's really good at yeah he it. is I mean, he's excellent in this and the kid who plays the younger version of him is great um and fka twigs who obviously was abused by him she's great in it lucas hedges plays in all I, I thought everything about this movie was really interesting now after what's happened so yeah this movie i think went to amazon prime in north america Mm -hmm. so this is actually like an umbrella films release from australia which has taken a while to come out i don't know this would have been like an automatic buy for me at one point but now it just like i didn't know i I don't know if i i I didn't remember the details so fk twigs said probably so on this production well they met on this production and they they, started dating started dating and he was an abusive piece of shit to her and she called him out and that was it for Shia he's gone and he used the well I'm an addict and I'm working through stuff which is like yeah but that doesn't give you carte blanche to abuse people so I don't know will we see Shia well did you you hear the Shia LaBeouf news no he did he was up in one potential project the new Abel Ferrara movie ooh that sounds about right 
Oh man, that's tough for you. And it's tough because, and it's interesting because Abel Ferrara. You'll see that movie. What? Who are we kidding? If he, if he's well, it hasn't been made yet. It was just talks. So, because I hate to break it to you, Gerard Depardieu, uh, bad man as well. Okay, I know, I know. It's weird though because Abel Ferrara was actually asked about cancel culture in an interview. He had a very good answer. I remember very good answer. He was like, he thought it was totally warranted, and that people who abuse and do these kind of things should be called out like it's time so it's funny then that he will then go and be like yeah i think i'm gonna put shia labeouf in my next movie so <sighs> yeah it's not but like shy is a big name either no one's like it. i'm seeing this because shy is in it no but i used to find him a really i know he was like a joke but i was so like fascinated by his like performance art shtick like him sitting in the movie theater watching all his movies and live streaming it him sitting in the art gallery with the paper bag over his head like i was so down with all that but like a lot of these people, like, you know, Vincent Gallo or uh, any of these kind of, like, weird performance art guys, they're fucking assholes. Yeah, that's the problem they're at assholes. the end of the day. They're just fucking assholes. So, well, it's a shame. I, it's a great, it would definitely be, like, a wholehearted recommendation from me, but now it's, like, kind of a weird... What if Emile Hirsch gave Shia a call <sighs> and they started acting together in action movies? <sighs> The thing is, I feel like Emile Hirsch isn't even as bad as no. Shia LaBeouf. Uh, yeah. I feel like Emile Hirsch is somewhat repented. And, mm-hmm. Like, at least Emile has Hirsch he apo- is, I think, has he apologized for, because that did. one strangling yeah, he did. person. Yeah. But he's kind of laid low and just done his, like, DTV thing. Mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf never really laid low. Yeah, and, he always wanted to blow up I a mean, spot, man. People forget, like, he said racist things to cops. Remember when oh, he got I don't arrested, remember that. He got pulled over for DUI. Because there was that bit when Borg McEnroe was at TIFF. There were people saying they should have canceled it because he had gotten arrested that previous summer and dropped, like, the N-word to, like, wow. the cop that mm. was arrested because he was drunk. He's been a piece of shit for a long time. Mm. We all know this. I don't know. I mean, if you now want to Honey see... Boy's out on uh, DVD. Now it's here. It's out on Blu-ray. Do they have extras on this? No, there's now, no right? way. No, nah, it's just it's just a basic movie. That's it. Can you imagine it was a commentary from Shia? Like, a new commentary from Shia. But you know what? I think it's still on Amazon Prime, so if you just want to watch it. I mean, you can still watch uh, Woody Allen's Crisis in Six Scenes on Amazon. I know. You can. Hey, I mean, that Netflix Bad. movie. Don't watch it. Bad. Miley Cyrus, I terrible. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even watch it when... Elaine uh, May. Very funny. Oh, yeah. She She's is. a star of that movie. She's a co-star of that oh, movie. Oh, Elaine. All right. So next up. Uh, all right. Let's, let's raise our spirits a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> we have A Day to Die, and it is... <laughs> This it week's Willis like watch an ambulance on the way to the hospital. <laughs> you know what? Hey, I, Willis I feel is playing like, basketball. Wasn't it just yesterday we were talking about like the end of Willis watch, and now here we are, like no, two weeks. On later, that episode, like, <laughs> we talked about how it wasn't going to be the end of Willis watch. <laughs> that we were going to go in aware. I think, I think some of our listeners took it though, as that was kind of our like farewell to Willis watch. But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, he's got like forty more movies on the docket, and. <laughs> Two weeks later, A Day to Die is here. Did you watch the Tubi Suicide Squad ripoff that he was in? I did, yeah. You did? Which we're getting in soon. So okay, so we'll, we'll talk about it we'll then. I didn't know it was getting a physical I did. release. I, of course I did. Corrective measures, yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw that was on Tubi original, like, and play. We're going to play that. Uh, this one is, I mean, this one's pretty bad, as in, like, pretty basic bad this is just one of his basic action movies with him and frank grillo again him and frank grillo do a lot of these together frank grillo i mean does he have any xy's property has to pay off that's funny because there was that clip going around of frank grillo talking about like the worst movie ever did and it was one of these bruce movies like one of the older ones but it's like dude you're still still making them them. (laughs) like you did one last year you did it but the star of this movie actually is kevin dillon 
So, you know, Kevin Dillon. Mr. Entourage himself. <laughs> and Leon's in this. You remember Leon? No. You don't remember Leon from the 90s, Cool Runnings? <sighs> no, we've had this discussion already. Well, no. Leon, Leon's a big part of Real Housewives of Atlanta. So, yeah, that's why I have a lot of love for him. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. It's really bad. It's like a, a basic action movie where Kevin Dillon is some cop who has to... He gets put into this position where the local drug dealer, Leon, has his wife kidnapped and he has to go get some money for him. And Bruce Willis is like the police chief or something, but then it turns out he's actually the bad guy. He's like a corrupt police chief. But Bruce Willis, <sighs> Sounds bad. It's bad. It's boring. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I it's mean, what, I don't even have anything good to say about it. There At is... least with Gasoline Alley, I was like, Devin Sawa is good. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm looking forward to White Elephant coming out soon. When's that end of the month, people right? I think that's going to be good. I see so many people like, oh, yo, Bruce is going to go out with a bang with no. White Elephant. Well, I mean, number one, he's well, not going out one, with White Elephant. Bruce is going to be in it for like five minutes, mm-hmm. first of all. So he's not going out with anything. And like, yeah, I know Jesse V. Johnson's good, but I don't think this isn't going to be some like diehard, return to like diehard. Jesse V. Johnson has like... been hitting homers for his last couple films The Debt hey. Collectors, uh, the World War II one that he made. I'll say that I have more faith in that one being good than a lot of the other stuff he has on the docket. Although, you know, just to give a give a taste of the upcoming episode, corrective measures, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Had some moments. And Michael Rooker's in that one, too. Michael, Our so... Willis watches now will be very solemn, like we're having a funeral every time know, that we talk about it. Well, you know, I'm trying my best to find, like, positive things to say about these movies. <laughs> you did not say a single positive thing. Leon. Leon's good. I'll Leon's say good. Okay. Leon fans out there, he, he's good. He's looking smooth. You what know, is the actor's Leon name? Leon ageless. His name's Leon. Oh, it's just Leon? It's just Leon, yeah. Oh, okay. Look him up, Leon. He's, oh, yeah, uh, it says with Leon. With Leon. Right. I think his name's Leon uh, Robinson is his full name, mm. but he just always went by Leon. I just knew him from Cool Runnings, and he was in a bunch of stuff throughout the 90s. He was in Get Rich or Die Trying, though, too, actually, which we did as a blind, blind buy at one point. Uh, what if there was a commentary by Leon? <laughs> then I would buy it. For sure. <laughs> I would buy this disc wholeheartedly if there was like, but there are no special features on. No, that. of course there isn't. It's funny when this is coming out. I get a lot of like press emails because I just like I'm on press lists, and whoever was cover, who was, was dealing with this was like, big data die interviews coming out. It was like with Bruce. This was like pre when you know everything happened with Bruce, but no, it was just with the director, and I'm like. I'd love to talk to somebody about these, but I don't think he's going to like the questions I ask. No, and now no one is doing <laughs> press for these. nobody's doing press for these, so yeah. I like how it says, for the executive producer of Hard Kill and Out of Death. No one liked those movies. And like, those were two of the worst. I mean, Hard Kill had a little bit more fun going on. <laughs> Kevin Dillon on the back of this. They picked the worst photo I know. that they could. Kevin Dillon. It's so embarrassing, Kevin Dillon, in this movie. Like, you know, I, I legitimately thought he was funny at one point in Entourage, you know, when I was... A dumb early 20 something a turtle head i was a turtle head so <laughs> I, I didn't like turtle but you know johnny drama he was he was funny i thought that's really all i've liked kevin dylan is so, kevin dylan good in anything <laughs> other than entourage whew, i'm trying to think uh wasn't he in a midnight clear oh he's in the blob oh that's right he's very good in the blob he's, he's in, the he's lead of the blob, blob. Yeah, yeah he's in a midnight clear you know he had some good stuff i remember seeing um watching no escape 
sort of recently. Yeah, I don't like New Escape very much. No, me neither. But I was like, oh, he's in this. <laughs> well, there you go. There he is. It's True sad. Crime with Alicia Silverstone. Nope. Not going to give that. Yeah, right. he, he's well, not good. He's no Matt Dillon, that's for sure. Well, this was a great uh, winding down as we talk about these titles. <laughs> wow, yeah. We went from like, it just got worse and worse. Foo, foo Fighters. You know what? We started, uh, we started with Matt Dillon. We ended we on Kevin, Kevin Dillon. Dillon. Brought it full. I didn't even mean to do that. I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> it's the uh, two sides of a coin. Imagine an alternate universe where Kevin Dillon is the star, is the Matt Dillon part in Wild Things. I don't think Matt it would Dillon change anything. Willis movies. It's like a butterfly flapping it its wings. Yeah, it doesn't it's matter. The same thing. <laughs> All right. So that's it for the Bay Street Video Podcast. Until next week, my name is Justin the Clue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on buying. Keep on renting. Ke- Kevin Dillon film. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Yeah, you know what? We're going to change it. No more Bruce Willis films. Kevin Dillon film. Yeah, what could it be? It could be like the Dillon Diner. We have like some uh, some food when we talk about it. (laughs) We're going to the Dillon Diner. Every time a Kevin Dillon movie comes out, (laughs) we we are talking about it. How many Kevin Dillon films could there possibly be? I bet if you looked up his IMDb, he's probably got tons on the docket. Yeah. (laughs)